We're told to eat whole grains for a nutritious and balanced diet, but there are so many. Are they all cooked the same, or do we need to learn dozens of different techniques? Abra Behrens is writer and chef at Graner Farm. Her experience as a farmer and chef in the upper Midwest Great Lakes region of the U.S. gives her a deep focus working with grains, beans, seeds, and legumes of all kinds. Hi, Abra. Hi, Evan. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a delight. You know, it's so funny. Here in California, when we think of farmers, we think of people who tend row crops, you know, aka vegetables, or orchards, which means fruit. But so many farms in your area grow grains and legumes. How is that a different kind of farming? Um, I think it's a it's a really important question that you're asking because there's so many different types of farmers and there's so many different sizes and scales and markets for farms. And so that was one of the things that I was thinking the most about with writing this book is that um, Roughage, my first cookbook, was so much about my time growing vegetables on a biodiverse vegetable farm. And so as I was starting out with this book, was thinking, how are we going to make this a personal book for people who interacts with people who are growing these grains because most grains and legumes are grown on much larger scale farms, you know, especially in the plain states where, you know, many thousand acres is not an uncommon site of, for someone to own and to grow. And so that's what, uh, what I ended up hitting on was to include a lot of those stories of people who are growing things that I've never grown before, um, such as rice or, you know, what it means to, to really grow beans for a commodity market versus for a smaller community. Yeah, I mean, it's it was one of the surprises, I have to say, of, of cracking open your book, because the stories are very different from a lot that we that we hear about farmers. And I have to say, in particular, I was taken with the story of Carl Wagner, the seed cleaner. Mm. Could you tell us about him? Yeah, I think that Carl, A, he's a good friend, and uh, B, he... It, it was a revelation to me learning about his job. So I grew up on an industrial pickle farm. And so I sort of had a sense of the scale of farms. But what I didn't realize is how many hidden jobs or invisible jobs there are in these industries. And I think Carl's a perfect example of that, that, you know, when I had kind of a rough understanding of how a bag of flour, you know, comes to my kitchen in that somebody grows wheat, it gets harvested, then there's, you take the wheat berries out of the plant that most people are familiar with, and then it gets milled. Well, there's another, there's several steps in between that. And one of them is at Carl's place, which is where he's taking all of those wheat berries, which are threshed on the combine. So, you know, we harvest the the whole plant and then the combine separates the wheat berries out from the chaff that's holding it. And then in that mix, there's still lots of debris. There's lots of little bits of chaff. There's extra bran. You know, it depends on the type of wheat, what it's going to look like. There's weed seed, there's rocks, there's all of those sorts of things. And most farms no longer have the infrastructure on them to clean their own seed. So Carl got really fascinated with seed cleaning, which allows the farmers to have more control over where their seed is directed. So he's part of this 
sort of resurgence of the artisan grain chain. You know, if you're just dropping your wheat at a commodity grain elevator, they're going to do all of that cleaning there. It's going to get mixed with all of the other farms that are selling wheat to it. But with Carl, we're able to have the wheat that grainer grows and have it cleaned in a single batch. So we know where it's going if that's going to then go to get milled at a small mill like Meadowlark Organics or Janie's Mill, something like that, or if it's going to go to a brewery or a distillery or something like that. Yeah, it's fascinating. Let's talk about batch cooking because I think that it's a way into so much of what you give us. You have these really interesting grids almost based on the phrase, a week worth of blank without any boredom. Can you take us through one of those, maybe the black beans? It's like your basic black beans aren't that basic. So there you have, <laughs> you have a little bit of smoked paprika, some cumin seed, a little bit of chili flakes, and the beans. Yes. And so I don't tend to put uh, very many aromatic vegetables in because I found that that tends, if I don't have them, then I'm like, oh, I have to go to the store. I have to do this thing. And so I usually have the dried spices and I usually have the dried beans. The way that I do it is I, you know, like most spices, I will fry them off in a little bit of oil to bloom the flavor. Um, and then add the beans and just plain water. I, I've almost completely stopped using uh, stocks or broths to cook these ingredients because especially with artisan grains and legumes, they're so flavorful that sometimes I felt like I was just tasting chicken stock over and over again. So I just use plain tap water to cook them. And then um, I, you know, there's a lot of question about beans. Do you need to soak them in advance? Can you salt them? Can you use acid? I, in my research, has found that the average grocery store bean can have a shelf life of about, it's, it's been off the plant for about five years um, because they get mixed in these large factories and things like that. Uh, if you're using artisan beans that were grown, you know, within the last calendar year, oftentimes they're going to cook much more quickly and they don't need to have the water to soak them to rehydrate them. The soaking is sort of an equalizer. And so I oftentimes like kind of forget to soak them now. And so I'll just put the beans in and then cover them with twice as much volume of water bring it up to a boil, let them simmer until they're cooked. And then I still do tend to hold off on the salt until after they're cooked. I think it's uh, you know, an old habit from restaurant kitchens that I just haven't let go of yet because they don't seem to toughen them if they're fresh beans, but I just still do it. So I wait until the beans are fully tender and then I add salt to the liquid, let it dissolve, and then let the beans kind of steep in that really flavorful broth overnight. And I would probably eat them that night just like that, you know, with some maybe some rice and a cabbage salad, or that would be day one of the week. <laughs> and then what happens on day two? On day two, I would say that I would probably want beans for breakfast, especially black beans with those spices, you know, beans and a couple of tortillas and a little bit of cheese, maybe an egg for breakfast or like a poached egg on top and then some sort of, you know, kind of vegetable-y salad. I tend to eat a lot of weird salads for breakfast. So I would probably do that on day two. And then by day three, I 
would probably be getting a little bit fatigued. And so I might kind of use them more sparsely. So both of those first two ideas are really bean heavy, but then maybe by day three, I would want some like quesadillas or a grilled cheese sandwich where I'm just going to kind of throw some beans in for texture and for a little bit of extra kind of oomph to a cheesy thing. But it's less about the beans as a whole and more about this other thing. And the beans are sort of have gone from a main, uh, the lead role to a supporting role, if you will. And then I just want to say that one of your suggestions is to use the pot liquor. And I think that um, the way you address pot liquor as an ingredient is just really, really smart because so many of the beans that we're cooking these days have such a rich liquor that I find myself freezing it if I don't use it. So Mm. then I use it as a stock. Yes. And so especially with these black beans or any sort of bean liquid, um, I find them to be the perfect base for a soup or something like that, just like you were saying with a stock. So for the black beans, I would probably like roast off some sweet potato and add that into the liquid. And there's going to be a few stray beans in there too, but it's it'll be kind of that really nourishing, warming liquid that's packed with that flavor. And then it kind of stretches it. So it's a totally different texture too, because you're not eating, you know, another bowl of beans. It's like brothy kind of stew. Okay, so we've talked a lot about beans. Um, Can we talk (laughs) about farts? <laughs> yeah, I that's you know chalk that up to uh, and a, a line that I was sure was going to get edited out and then uh, was kept and I was very very excited about it. So, what is the process that that causes beans to do this to us? So uh, there are carbohydrates in beans that uh, we lack the enzymes to break down and to digest. And a carbohydrate is a type of sugar. And so that sugar will then feed the good bacteria that's in our gut. And uh, the off-gassing of that activity manifests as, as gas, as farts. And so that needs to go somewhere. It needs to go out one way or the other. And there are ways to minimize it. You know, Joe Yonan wrote a wonderful book called Cool Beans, and he puts a little bit of kombu into the boiling liquid, um, which helps decrease it because it helps, you know, provide what we need to digest it. Lots of cultures uh, often pair legumes with something fermented, um, which helps break that down. Things like Beano can help with it. Asafetida is another sort of home remedy for it. But I also think just eating them more often, your your body starts to kind of figure out how to self-regulate. So we have barely scratched the surface of this <laughs> book. It is massive and it's fascinating and so useful. Thank you so much, Abra. Thank you for your interest and for your time. I really appreciate it. That's Michigan-based chef, author, and former farmer, Abra Behrens. Her guide to cooking grains, beans, seeds, and legumes is grist. 